from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome to the Jack and Spike Show. Pro- Providence Healthcare System is refunding a ton of money for overcharging people. You're going to find out why and also how you can have wisdom when you enter the hospital realm and you have to actually say, can I have this thing? Because if you ask for one thing in particular, you will save a ton of money. Really? Oh, yeah. There's a trick that people don't know when the hospital sends you your bill. So one phrase that you need to know in order to change the entire outcome of your uh, financial future. Outstanding. Liquor and Cannabis Board is chiming in on the old uh, lewd conduct enforcement. <laughs> That's a weird, weird word. They were saying, hey, we're all for it. You guys keep going. And then Markovich is going to drop in a couple of few to talk about that uh, 10 cents bottle deposit system. We're going back to the 1970s. Bring us your oh, cans and your bottles. <laughs> I was up on Capitol Hill this morning. I went to go get my hair cut. Okay. Because it's a Friday. You know, you got to be like rich boy. Got to get a fresh cut. You know, For the weekend. Like, yeah. For the weekend. Yeah. Okay. You do look good today. Thank you so you much. Bet. And I went up there. It's like 9 o'clock in the morning. And uh, I go to the Great Clips that's up there. That's like right next to the, yeah, I know. the yeah. UFC. Yeah. It's a really bad part of town. And afterwards, I think I'll go for a little bit of a walk around Capitol Hill just to kind of take in this part of Capitol Hill. and Take just a kind fresh of, look out for a little stroll. Just breathe around, okay. see if I can't get any content. And I saw, I, I fool you not, Spike, I probably saw about 24 hardcore fentanyl addicts. The highlight reel looks like me walking past a, a storefront where somebody had started a fire, which was still smoldering. Uh, meaning that they had start, like a little bonfire, like they were oh. Jeremiah Johnson, oh. Oh. and uh, oh, no. like they were out in the wilderness on the sidewalk. On the sidewalk, but like in you know how storefronts have like kind of a little little alcove, a little cutaway. alcove yeah, cutaway. Yeah, yeah. They had built a nice little. It was like the Revenant. You know what I mean? Just yes. a nice little fire <laughs> so that the the Iroquois don't see them from it. You know what I mean? Just yeah, no, I know exactly. It, keep it small so that they can't see it. So it was like it probably did it after hours before the business probably, opened. Had probably. the decency to move on before <laughs> business hours. And oh then I see, a guy, I see a guy who has fresh, uh, he looks like he's freshly been beaten up. He's got wounds all over his face. He's bleeding profusely, or he was bleeding profusely, but now it's all kind of dried and caked onto his face. And he's explaining to his interlocutor uh, that if he gets into a fight with somebody and it's just one-on-one, he wins every time. But when it's three-on-one... He'll lose, right? So this is the deep philosophic conversation he's having is they're freebasing heroin. And then I noticed that about every 20 feet or so, there is somebody who's nodding out, someone who is in the process of freebasing, someone who is in the process of, of being completely out. And as I'm walking through this, the thought that occurred to me is I know why there are so many people who live in Seattle proper or outside of and then they come in and they see this and they get mad. They get mad at Democrats. They get mad at the city council. They get yeah, mad at. Yeah. I understand what that. And so I was kind of thinking about it from that perspective of, I'm not mad right now. I'm just sad for these people, and I wish okay. there was more for these people. Okay. I wish there were better services for these people. I yeah. wish somebody would come in fifty one fifty all these people. I wish there was locked care for some of these people. That was my thought. But my deeper thought was, I get it why people are mad. But when you're mad at something like that. There's nothing. That's it. Right. As soon as you place blame, all motivation to do anything goes out the window. Hmm. Right. As soon as we ascribe. And this is the problem with Democrat bad radio for all my friends out there. When you just go around saying Democrat bad. What? What then? Right. Where do we go go from there? Right. Let's get angrier. Other than let's vote GOP, which is never going to it's never going to fly. It's never going to work. 
So then what's the solution? So the solution, how do we be solution oriented about this problem rather than just kind of out, like just kind of discharging all of our rage and then saying, well, job well done. I'm going to go have a nice barbecue this weekend. There has to be a different mechanism, a different emotional mechanism for people when you see somebody in that state other than just anger. Because if it's anger, it has to be directed towards something. And usually it's towards the city council or the mayor. And then it's useless. It's completely useless. It has to be activating in the sense that you say to yourself, I'm going to do something with this so that I am not just sitting and writhing in my own uh, anger and frustration with this circumstance. Anger for anger's sake. Which takes all your all the wind out of the sails of making a solution oriented. Oh yeah, yeah, action. yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because yeah. you you can use anger as a motivation to do something productive, to do the right thing. Some people would say that you know being angry at policies you disagree with would motivate you to go out and vote against those uh, those that particular. Yeah, that's not going to that's not going to do anything. I'm to saying vote that, against. I, no, no, I'm saying that people got to mobilize and right, say right, I'm right. going to help being out. Being angry is not enough. Right. Yeah. I'm, what I'm saying is yeah. that you say I've had enough. Uh, I'm not going to take it. We'd be like network, right? Yeah. I'm mad as hell. Go to the window. <laughs> All right. Open the voting booth. Step inside. So what you have to do with that is say, I'm going to start working with this nonprofit. I'm going to start doing this thing. I'm going to be trying to whatever it is so that you can actually affect change within your community because otherwise you're doing what? Because when I go on, like, just an example, I don't want to pick on anybody in particular, but when I go on, like, let's just say Jonathan Cho's Twitter or Ari Hoffman's Twitter page. Okay. Or anybody who's another local firebrand conservative commentator out there. Well, mm. I mean, <laughs> Spike. <laughs> I'm mouthful because I don't know if I want to say this out loud. But, you when know, you, when you go on there, those, there are plenty to point out. When you go on those people's Twitter pages, there is not a solution to be had yeah, that I is being discussed from anybody in those comments. Not a single one. It is rage, it is anger, it is vitriol towards people who need our help the most. It is it is a gross and disgusting place to be mentally and emotionally when you say to yourself, I'm going to completely cut off my empathy centers so that I can be mad on the Internet with yeah. other strangers. And just I'm, spout some blame. And I'm not trying to spout pick, I'm not trying to pick on Hoffman. I'm not trying to pick on show at all. I'm saying if because I go through their Twitter comments and I see what people are talking about in King County or outside of Seattle. And what I see is people who are just they have anger that they cannot place anywhere except for. Democrat bad. And that kind of thinking, although it might feel good in the short term, it most certainly does not produce a result that is yeah, good not, for not people. Not a step toward a solution. It's not, not, a it's not mobilizing. Yeah. It's not. And so then you have to think to yourself, what can I do with this that is actually proactive and not just giving money? What do I actually do with this? Because my thought was, you know, maybe I should volunteer because I'm sure that there's some deaf people who are homeless out here. Oh, and I could probably yeah, yeah. interpret for them. That'd be great. So now I'm going to try to call King County and see, hey, do you guys need any like like on-call interpreters? So I come out and interpret for you guys nice. if you pick up a deaf drug addict because I'd be happy to do that. That's my little contribution. Can you imagine if like, I don't know, a third of the people on Capitol Hill said, you know what? One Saturday a week, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this thing, whatever that thing might be with a nonprofit. Yeah. You could change that whole neighborhood. Right, it's, it needs it. It needs involvement, not not just more rage. Hey, I don't mean to belabor your horrible morning on Capitol Hill. That's not, I mean, serious. That's a horrible way to start was, your day. Well, I mean, it wasn't so bad. Well, I mean, you saw dozens of people using. You saw people bleeding from from physical altercations. You saw horrible. You know, people what people forced. Living. But I also do got you, a fresh cut, Spike, you, you and that's great. the most important thing. I, I don't mean to belabor, but do, do you think it's that way every single day, or is it? I mean, it's it's the beginning of the month. 
Checks have come in. No, it's every time I go up there. It's every time, it's every time I go okay. up there. Those guys were freebasing like crazy. And the thing is, is that I can identify. I go, okay, that was one that was given by local government. Like, I mean, the straws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, oh, okay. ex- I know exactly what the local government gives those people. The clean use kind of safe clean use. use stuff. Yeah. And I, I'm look. I see a bunch of caps for bee stingers. The little yeah, needles that yeah. they give these people because they can't get into their arteries anymore. So now they got to do it subdermal. And I'm thinking to myself, that makes me mad, but. I can. I have a skill set that I can do something yeah, with yeah. it, and maybe it's just volunteering at a boys and girls club. So none of these kids, you know. So no, I hear you. you know, What's missing from kids' life is mentorship. Little things yeah, that yeah. you can do to contribute. Donating to a food bank. These are the kinds of things that you do with your anger and your rage. Not you know. You drop off a bunch of cans and you say, "Here, take these." You do that with your rage, <laughs> rather than, recycle. <laughs> rather than uh, rather than That's just nice cross post on Twitter. Matt Markovich in the studio. The most dangerous man in Olympia. Matt, can I give you a quick tip? I got to give people this tip because I teased it previously. You can join in on this conversation before we get to this deposit system thing. Maybe do an audible there. I'm going to do an audible. So uh, the Washington uh, state had a lawsuit against Providence cases about the uh, the $158 million in medical bills. There's a tip I want to give people for when you go to a hospital and you get the bill. Ask for an itemized invoice of everything that they provided to you, and you will save somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 40% on that medical bill. Because oftentimes what happens is there's a miscommunication between the physician, the nurse, billing, or whatever it is. And so you will look at that itemized list and you can say, I never got an Advil. I didn't get any Tylenol. And they will take off that $1,200 charge. Because they don't want to go to court over that, you know. So. No, I hear you. I'm glad you brought that up. People don't know their rights when it comes to medical bills. There are so many services, both private and but government services. Right. The Washington State Insurance Commissioner's Office is available for you. Right. There yeah, are yeah, so yeah, many, yeah, yeah, so yeah. many different. Just a simple Google search: Who can help me dispute my medical bill? You'll get a dozen different resources. Because it's it's the people that that don't know how the system works right. that can least afford to take the abuse of. Billing pro- policies. So to your point, Providence they are refunding about twenty one million dollars in in medical bills paid by low income residents, and it's erasing about one hundred thirty seven million dollars of in outstanding debt for tens of thousands of others to settle the state's allegation that it overcharged these patients. They probably did. I'll yeah, be, well, this if is they're what, settling. This is yeah. what hospitals do. Yep. And so, just a massive pro tip that I learned about ten years ago: you go to the hospital. I would like an itemized invoice of everything that I received so that I can take it to somebody to review it. Matt Markovich, more importantly, 10-cent <laughs> bottle deposit system. Well, and- I want to see if this is the audible I was going to tell you. The governor's yeah. office just responded to me just a few minutes ago regarding the lewd law suspension. Ooh, let's do that one instead. Oh, yeah, I know. We talked about that last yesterday. Can yeah. I set it up really quick? Yeah. So well, that- basically, we, we heard about these uh, visits by LCB, the Liquor Cannabis Board agents up at Capitol Hill this past weekend. There was complaints by some of the patrons and the business owners that they were being targeted because they're LGBTQ bars. Uh, and there was some there was observations of lewd conduct there. Now, lewd conduct in the state of Washington, as it de- as it's defined when you own a bar, is you can't expose basically genitals and body parts what? and things like that. I'm shocked at <laughs> a know. gay bar. I know. I'm shocked. So yes. Uh, so <laughs> so late yesterday, the LCB board sent a letter to Governor Inslee saying, you know what, we heard from the complaints, and we're suspending the enforcement of the lewd conduct rule as it relates to bars. What does that mean? 
I'm going to summarize real quickly. If you walk into a bar, <laughs> it sounds like a joke now. If you walk into a bar in the state of Washington, you can be naked if the bar owner allows it. Uh, <laughs> wow, the live studio audience is really uh, into that. Uh, I'm a little, little shocked. So, uh, so, 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 and then, so I just, what I said about the governor, so I asked the governor's office, what about the letter? What does he have to say about it? And his office responded saying that it was very reasoned and appropriate action taken by the LCB appropriate action to suspend this lewd conduct, which I thought I kind of found it surprising. Wow. Wow. Well, now, I was just about to say, cause I thought this might be going the opposite direction. I was just about to say, I think that the next time I find out whatever white collar bar, you know, martini mm-hmm. highball bar Kinsley sure. goes to, I'm just gonna walk in naked, see what he thinks. <laughs> you won't be arrested. Yeah. You, you won't be arrested. And you know, the thing is that the the bar owner won't be charged with anything. Right. If I'm because, going everywhere naked now. Yeah, because <laughs> right now, if you walked ways. in, yeah. if you, under the lewd conduct rules for that's specific for bars, I'm going to say oh, that okay. this is about specific for places that serve one. alcohol. Um, they have these rules where you have to cover all these body parts, right? right? right. Uh, now those rules are suspended, at least for going to be about two weeks, I think. Laura? You said if the bartender allows it. If the bar owner allows bar, it. I mean, yeah, if sorry, bar, bar owner, owner says yeah. no shirt, no service, you know, then you got, oh, you know, that okay. kind of thing. Businesses right? still have the right to dictate the way you do business in their establishment. Correct. That's Correct. always been the case. No shirt, no shoes, no service. Yeah. No top, no bottom, no service. Yeah. Yeah. But, but there's no there's no law. You can't be charged so, with losing. So the, yeah, the, the bar owner can't be vi- uh, cited for nude people in his bar now. Uh, if they're having sexual activity, that's a different story. But if they're that's just, public indecency, that's not lewd. That's that's it, yeah. It's it's because that's a private establishment. Right. So so, but the governor's saying that it's appropriate. And now, so here's what's happening. This happened so fast. I mean, just a couple of days ago, they suspend the rules. They said, okay, on February sixth, we're going to rewrite the rule, present it to the public, and on February fourteenth, maybe vote on it at the LCB board meeting. So there's a window here where there is no lewd conduct rules in the bars, and the governor said it's appropriate. Okay, I have I have many conflicting thoughts about this because I just think it should be across the board. You can't go into a bar if you're naked, even if the owner operator allows nudity in that because it's gross, right? I mean, it's unsanitary. There was just a salmonella outbreak at an IHOP, and those people are fully clothed. <laughs> this IHOP down in Bellevue. Well, whipped cream is not an article of clothing. Exactly just, my point. I think, I, think, I think there's food service rules in here. Yeah, so. <laughs> Uh, I'm just talking in big, broad strokes right. if you look at it. But I'm just saying that it just seems to me as if like this weird – is this – I ask you this question though, Spike. Is this is this Inslee capitulating because he doesn't want to upset the LGBTQ plus people out there? Ooh, is this, I, yeah, I think there's a large element of that to this. Or yeah, is because he trying they to feel they, the baby? They feel they were targeted. And he's – until we get a clarification in a couple of weeks, a better, a more defined set of guidelines. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, look, we're not going to – we're not going to suspend the lewd laws. Mm-hmm. Until we figure out a better system so that these people, for the next couple of weeks at least, Matt, don't feel like they they can't cry they were targeted. What's the deal with his deposit? Because I remember going with my mom to drop off cans and bottles when I was a young lad. And then we would go to the arcade afterwards and we would blow through whatever $20 my mom made. It was like our fun little once a month mm-hmm. thing that we used to do. Uh, now I'm seeing that in a bid to encourage recycling and promote environmental sustainability, state lawmakers are considering the implementation of a $0.10 cent beverage container deposit system. 
Why? 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 The, why it's controversial? Why well, is it weird? Well, because it's not as simple as I'm going to take your can and get my dime and get or go, go home. You okay. know, it doesn't work that way. The way it would work, it follows what Oregon is doing. So you have you go buy your beer and wine or whatever, pay the extra ten cents, and then in order to get that back, you got to bring these, put this in a special bag that has an account name on it that's tied to you. Bring it to a drop off center. And then three days later, your account's going to be credited with the amount of dimes that you got by bringing those plastic bottles and cans back. And then you go into the retailer, and there'll be a kiosk there. And then you have to print out, go to your balance, print out a little barcode that you can take to the cashier and use that when you buy groceries and stuff like that. That is the stupidest idea I've ever heard of, and I've heard lots of stupid ideas. It's it's bribing us to recycle. Yeah, it totally yeah. is. And it's the thing us. is that the well, who's in favor? Grocers hate it. Yeah. The recyclers who pick up your trash at the, on the curb who've been profiting from your beer cans uh, don't like it. Who likes it? The beer and wine distributors because they're going to run the co-op and they will pocket all the dimes that don't get returned. That they don't pay out. So they, you know, those there's a lot of there's Oregon says they have 80% return on their really? program here. Here in Washington, it's a 30% return using the recycling bins that you have out near curb. So this way, the beer and wine distributors, all the beverage guys, they run the co-op. And so all the dimes that don't get reclaimed by us, the citizen, we're right, going right. through eight the, hoops. They pocket. Thank you so much, Mr. Markovich, most dangerous man in Olympia. When we get back, Mr. Sunshine's coming on. Because the economy has great stats right now. Joe Biden's economy, Bidenomics, but nobody feels it. Why is this the case? Billy Sunshine knows. We'll be right back right after this. Credit for the economy, even though the numbers are really, really good. Mr. Sunshine is joining us with his unbelievable depth of knowledge when it comes to the socialist and communist musings of President Biden. How are you, Mr. Sunshine? Are you well? I am well, and I remain unemployed, despite the fact people keep trying to hire me. What <laughs> is going on? Well, there must be so many people <laughs> needing to find work. I, you know, it is amazing how poorly Democrats manage to communicate. Mm -hmm. I'm watching the Republicans take credit for all the infrastructure, the trillions of dollars that we're spending on infrastructure that only Joe Biden was able to create. This is true. Remember when Trump kept having infrastructure week that never happened? Yeah, it was like infrastructure two years is what it really was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Every week was infrastructure week. And then, when, and then when, when the bill finally came up, People like uh, what Nancy Mace said the bill was ridiculous mm -hmm. and communism. But today she's taking credit for bringing money to Charleston for uh, Internet and things like that. Well, this I mean, is what always happens, though, Billy, is that, is that they vote against it and then they take credit for it. And I think that more and more people are realizing that this is a this is a real uh, a bait and switch type game that they do where they when it, they have to vote on it, they say, 
this is communism and this is socialism and we won't have that in the United States. And that's why my vote is no. And then two years later, when the funding comes around, they stand in front of the bridge and they say, I voted against this parkway. And they say, I was proud to back this bill. And for some reason, when you're a local politician, people tend not to call you on it. It has to go to the national level for anybody to really notice. But this is how it happens every time. You're half right. Yeah. You're only half right. Okay, thank that's you. what happened. But you just said people are starting to realize that that's what's going on. And I would suggest they are not. But everybody's talking. Because it's all over the internet, Billy. It's, people talk about this regularly. Not, but you don't understand. No, no, no. It's not all over the internet. It's not in the right-wing places on the internet where the right-wingers ah, hang out. Very they true. They're not seeing the truth. Yes. We are siloed, Jack. Yeah, Spike, he can explain this to you. Well, the well, I keep Billy. I keep telling Jack he's a more read and better, uh, better understood voter than the bulk of Americans on either side of the aisle. We really don't get uh, opinions we disagree with on any kind of basis, whether you're a left or a right. You don't go exactly. seeking other opinions, Jack. You do, unfortunately. Uh, yes, <laughs> you know, but but uh, Billy, I don't think it's a, ma- a matter of, I don't think it's a matter of Democrats failing to make their message or to get their messaging out. I think it's more a matter of misinformation being pushed by conservative media. Well, let me do some numbers here really quick. So the For data, sure, the exactly. data that was yeah. the, the data that was released today from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Who can believe those people, right? Right. So they estimate that about three hundred and fifty-three thousand jobs were added in January. That's about twice what economists predicted eighteen months ago. The unemployment rate is the same and at about 3.7. They did. That's correct. And they and raised the numbers for last month. The yeah. other thing is that Americans' median income has raised under the Biden administration, largely due to the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, being that it was basically subsidizing businesses so that they could keep their employees and maintain their employees. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff at work here when we talk about the neoliberalism that we all live under. And what I find is interesting about this, though, Billy, right. is that most people benefit from this system, and yet I understand that the price of eggs is high or whatever it is, but the, the data might suggest that you the Americans right now have a higher standard of living than when they did five years ago, eight years ago, whatever it is. That's right. That's right. There's more employment now than when COVID started. Right. There are higher wages now than when COVID started. Right. Absolutely right. So why do but, you, you think, know, though, that Biden can't— when greed, well, here's what happened. Yeah. Uh, when we had the inflation, the greed heads took advantage of that. And they raised, for example, food inflation never had to be as high as it was. We are suffering from the greed. In fact, if you check to see, you would find out that the United States of America is number one at something besides putting people in jail. Right now, we're number one at recovering from the pandemic. Yeah. We have the best economy in the world today. Yeah, I, and Spike and I were looking over those stats uh, before the pre-show meeting, and the thing, though, Billy, is that people don't feel it, right? They look at their they look at their food exactly. bill or whatever it is. Well, yeah, to Billy's point, they look the at their grocery prices—that's the thing that's most present. The right. grocery prices, and they are still way high. So thir- only 35% of Americans say that things in the countries today are going well, but that's actually an improvement from 28% who felt the same way last year. So that's about a 7% increase year over year, which is a good thing. I, I think, though, that, that people – the most disingenuous argument I hear, Billy, for that people make about Donald Trump is they say, was your life better five years ago 
or is it was it better now or is it better then? And I, I always think to myself, it was better then in quotation marks because Donald Trump, quote unquote, delayed taxes and borrowed a bunch of money. So temporarily, everybody got some relief. Right. Sugar high. Sugar high. Yeah. Yep. Sugar high. And then so like to ask me, like, do I want to go back to Donald Trump borrowing trillions of dollars while cutting taxes? Not really. Not really. I mean, at least under the uh, the Chips and Sciences Act, at least Joe Biden is providing at minimum 50,000 jobs to people in microprocessors, taking yeah, that away yep. from Taiwan. That, to me, is a lot better use of our taxpayer dollars than ensuring that people that make over $400,000 a year don't pay 30% in income tax. You know what I mean? But when you say that to people, they go, I don't care. Peanut butter is too expensive. Do you know what I mean, Billy? Like, It's it's hard to try to make exactly. that argument no, to people. That's it exactly. Well, and you can't ask somebody the if they're... The real things that we buy, Go ahead, Bill. gasoline, food, they're more expensive. And that's how we feel it. Go ahead, Spike. And you can't, you can't ask people, do you feel better today or under Trump, if you're not giving them an honest interpretation of what today really is. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, you, you, the economy is recovering better than any other country on earth. We've got more uh, personal wealth now than we did five years ago per family in America. Yeah, your, 401, um, your 401k is doing better. You know, but but when the media cycle, and it's not just not just one particular station, but the entire media ecosphere of the conservative movement is Biden's a disaster, the economy's a disaster. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with violent crime last year was down across America, but the messaging is... Um, violent crime is out of control under Biden's America. It was technically up in Washington State. Washington State, I'm talking about coast to coast. Coast in America. to coast it was down, but in Washington State but, it was but up. But here's the thing, you know, we're talking about why don't people understand it? Why don't people feel it? Because they're being told it's horrible. You know, it, the numbers and the facts say it's getting better from violent crime from a national, national perspective and inflation's better from a national perspective. But how do people feel? Like it's crud. Right. Like they're living in a, in a, in a hellscape and the economy's a disaster. Because that's what they're being told. Well, because Joe Biden's a communist and I won't stand for it. There that's- you go. I've heard it many times today. <laughs> already uh billy any final thoughts before we have to get out of here my friend yeah why would we assume that the party the repugnant ones uh <laughs> would ever do anything to help out the country when they are anti-government mm-hmm. so they don't want government to work and oh by the way if government works while biden is president and maybe that's why there's such a do-nothing congress why we're not getting a border bill while nothing is going forward because that would mean the country is doing well. And Republicans don't like it when the country does well. They only like it when rich people save tax. Well, I, I hate to admit it when Mr. Sunshine is right, but I happen to agree with them on establishment Republicans being more on the side of their weapons contracts and their donors than the actual American people who vote for them. Mr. Sunshine, thank you so very much. We'll talk to you on Monday, my friend. So I can get a full dose of your boomer energy yet again. <laughs> Just completely. Do you know what the generation was before Billy, by the way? Before boomers? Yeah, before boomers. Greatest generation, right? No, 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 no. There's a, there's a gap in between the two. What? 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 The, I didn't know that. No, it was, it was before, the, excuse me, it was before the greatest generation. Okay. It's the lost generation. Was that the victims of the Great yes. Depression? Okay. Did you know that? I didn't, I didn't know, know that. that. I, I, literally just, I, I literally just learned that out in my anthropologic wow. readings on society. When we get back, oh yeah, fake sports. So, <laughs> wait a minute. I don't There's like to, real great sports news in this town. Right. But I don't like talking about sports. So, what I do is I basically fake it while we actually talk about sports news because <laughs> Stacy and Bumpus talked to uh, the new Seahawks head coach, Mike McDonald. And so, I figured what we would do is because, you know, MGMT wants us to talk about it. Yeah, I'll, well, I'll people just, care. I'll just fake my way through it and see if it passes muster. We'll <laughs> do that fun game when we get back right after this.
secret that I don't really care about sports. Not national sports, not local sports. Don't care. But I've consumed enough sports media to be able to fake my way through it. So the way, what we like to do in this segment is uh, we're going to... We got some audio cuts from Bumpus and Stacy, right? Laura? Laura's saying no with her eyes. Uh. Okay, we can say no. What we're going to do... Like the... Uh. <laughs> This is what happens in the pre-show meeting is I go, I go, Laura, I think we're going to need some audio for this for the bit. And then Laura goes, mm-hmm. And then I think to myself, okay, do I, do I put a little note in there that says audio? Do I put a little, like, footnote in there? Mm-hmm. Or do I just... So I did pull it, but I got distracted by your conversation with Billy, and I forgot to <laughs> chop it up. No, it's That's fun. what happened. <laughs> well, Billy, Billy was awake today. All right. So, so it was an On interesting moment. Yeah. Yeah. So was I. Is this, <laughs> uh, Spike, I'm assuming that you as my co-host here would have, have at least prepared some kind of backup. Yeah, I, I, and pre- no, I've got this down okay, for you. Fantastic. Gotcha. Okay. So let, let me ask you about some of the co- topics covered in Bump and Stacey's interview with Mike McDonald. Andrew, you got that football music ready to go, my friend? All right. Let's see <laughs> if I can see if fake my way there through talking go. about the new head coach of the Seahawks. Okay. So one thing that, uh, that new coach McDonald just said in his interview with Bump and Stacey over at uh, Seattle Sports mm-hmm. was that we've got a great culture. That he doesn't want to disrupt yeah. here in Seattle. How can you have a great culture when you just fired your coach? Well, that's the thing is that when he says they've got a great culture, what he really means is that they've got a great understanding of the culture mm-hmm. and what they need to build up. Because a team is like a family and coach is like dad. And that would make the first head coach like mom. And when you have kids, you don't want to fight in front of your kids, right? That's smart. That doesn't make any sense. So when he's saying we've got a good culture, what he's also saying is, in a sense, he's saying I love my wife. And I won't argue in front of my kids because that's psychologically damaging. Outstanding. You see what I'm saying? I, I do, I do, I do. This is a much deeper issue than what he's talking about. Is cha- We're not just changing the team here. We're changing the team dynamic. Smooth. Now, Jack, by the way, two-time Pro Bowler. <laughs> you know, we're lucky to have his expertise Listen, of the game in the booth. When with us. I was in the league, when I was under Belichick, he used to come in and he would say, "I love you guys like you're all my sons and daughters." And then he he insisted that we all call him Daddy everywhere we went. All all of us twenty-something-year-old sports athletes with rippling muscles in in the in the locker room. Yeah. he insisted that we would call him Daddy. Fascinating. All, always in the sauna, he insisted on call it. him Daddy. That's how you build <laughs> That's how you, a six-time Super so Bowl champion, ladies and gentlemen. If, if you're the, telling me that Mike McDonald's going to be in the sauna with the with the defensive line of the Seahawks saying. You boys call me daddy from now on. That's the kind of culture those guys want to be a part of. Okay. When McDonald says he doesn't want to fix what's not broken about the Seahawks, a team that didn't make the playoffs last year, okay? What, is, what does McDonald mean that he's not going to fix what's not broken? Clearly the team's broken. Well, I think when you're coming into, when you're stepping into an arena like that, it's kind of like stepping into a new house, right? I okay. mean, the foundation might have a couple of cracks, but that doesn't mean that you can't have a cheese platter in the foyer. Okay, gotcha. And you don't bulldoze you the place. You don't bulldoze the place I gotcha. okay. just because you got a couple cracks in the, because it's just because there's a couple of stains in the carpet doesn't mean you got to, re- you get some hydrogen peroxide Fair. and you go in there and you make sure that you can get the job done here. Because what we're talking about, think about in a much more expansive idea, the team is broken, shattered into a thousand pieces, mm. much like when Edward James almost stepped in to teach those kids algebra, math, geometry, right? Right. So Mike McDonald... It was, it was that Stand By Me? The cl- that yeah, the exactly. Yeah, great, so he's got to go in there and he's got to get... He's got to find his Lou Diamond Phillips... There you go. ...in the rough 
and he's got to champion that and and improve on it. How do I reach these kids is what he needs to do. Interesting, because it brings me to my next question. The quote from the coach is, I'm interested to hear more from the players in the building. <laughs> You're really good at this, by the way. You've, you've got every sports, you know, colloquialism. I mean, that, we, that we get beat over the head with nonstop. Well, he's, he's basically like Sherlock Holmes at this point in time, right? <laughs> he's gonna, and he's going in there with a fine-tooth comb, uh, and he's going to be finding... He's like... Uh, uh, who was that detective in the 70s? Who was that guy? Columbo? Columbo. Uh, he's going let in me there. just ask this one thing. One more thing. One more thing. <laughs> he's going in there with a fine-tooth comb, and he's going to be finding all those problems, gotcha. right? Gotcha. He's like Monk. Remember that show on sure. USA Network? Sure. The, uh, bad, the autistic. Real bad case of OCD. Yeah, yeah real bad. He's going to be going through those guys guys and he's going to be finding the guys that want to be there finding the guys that don't want to be there and he's going to be making some tough decisions smooth and with the decisions that he makes some of them i think are going to be for the benefit of the team overall and you got to trust the process there you got to trust the process right that's why they say the devil's in the details the devil's in the- and, and, and you, you can't get this kind of insight unless you've got someone with the experience the know-how the, the time in the booth as Jack Stein. Honor to work with you, my friend. An honor. I have no idea how to talk about sports. You were so spot on. You didn't say anything that was that was wrong. It was, it was awesome. I'm in the presence of greatness. I literally have no idea how to talk about sports. I don't know. Oh, I think you may have learned more than you think. I can't even tell you guys what the rules of football are. It doesn't matter. It's about human connection. And yet I'm being right? told that I need to do this because people care about it. And so now I'm trying to figure out how do you talk about something where you don't know anything about it and you don't care about it? Well, you, you go with what works, Jack. You go with what works. <laughs> Stay, That's right. You don't way, reinvent the wheel. Stacey Jo Ross over at 710, <laughs> she said she's going to watch the video uh, of, when this I, segment? of these when, okay. when I do these. Do a little chalk talk with us. Tell us where we went wrong. Some she's going to invite me on uh, uh, Bump oh. and uh, <laughs> Stacey's really? show. Yeah, oh. so that I can bring my wisdom of sports. Let, let us know ahead of time so we can send our audience over to, to, to enjoy that with us. That'd be great. All right, we'll take a really quick break when we get back. Oh, yeah, the uh, tax bill. Oh, back to more important things. Back to the news. Uh, it, it's uh, past the House, but thankfully there's Republicans who want to kill it in the Senate. Right, because, God forbid you, you know, get some tax credit. God forbid you try to help out parents, right? And on top of all of that, there's a sitting senator who's more interested in being a podcaster than a representative in government. And the outrage over Taylor Swift continues. A montage was cut together. I had no idea that people could spend 40 minutes out of their day ranting and raving about this. We'll talk about it when we get back right after this.